what? I got a fever. You give me fever. Fever. In the morning. A fever all through the night. Okay, folks, welcome to episode 19 of the Dynasty Fever podcast. We're going to recap week 12, talk a little bit about uh, some trade strategies and some player values moving forward. Uh, Hope everybody had a a good long weekend. If it was a long weekend for you, if it was not, my apologies. Uh, I'm Brian. He's Scott. Scott, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, man. Um, Good week for fantasy and uh, I had a good weekend, so. I'm content. Right on. So as we've been doing uh, the last few weeks, um, we're kind of starting out with one story or headline or takeaway uh, that stands out to you uh, from uh, the past week in fantasy. What would it be for you? Yeah, I guess I'm going to go with the Cincinnati wide receivers. They're just uh, with with the way that they're running the ball. I don't think that's going away anytime soon. They got a very good defense, so. Other than Chase, I, I don't want a lot to do with Cincinnati receivers. Up until probably this week, I think T. Higgins was a really good buy, but um, I don't know if I want to pay full price for him right now. So that's, I just think that that offense as a whole is going to be a little bit hit or miss. Okay. Uh, I, I buy that. Mixon's definitely been beasting lately, and uh, Joey B said they are trying to establish the run, so hard to predict. Uh, uh, the receivers uh, week to week. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So the story that stands out to me is that uh, Tua deserves more respect. Uh, we'll talk about it a little later. Uh, I've kind of been, you know, all season thinking, you know, he's kind of getting a raw deal. gets way too much hate. I think he's underrated. Uh, I think um, the Dolphins don't need to trade for any quarterback, uh, including Watson. Uh, he's been playing really well, uh, especially since he come off the, the IR. And, uh, you know, he, ha- he has sort of a, a short, um, you know, yards per attempt or, or, or low ADOT, you know, uh, for, uh, for these few weeks. Uh, so there's that. But, you know, otherwise, he's, uh, he's really playing lights out. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. He was, he was, my, um, he was my fever last week. And mm-hmm. then um, – I, I actually traded the one, one rookie pick in a league for Tua and Joe Mixon. So I've been nice. happy about that. Um, yeah. I got kind of blasted for it. I kind of actually thought it was a mistake too, after I had done it. And, uh, but no, I, I love him. He's accurate. He's got playmakers around him. If he's, I can't imagine that Miami's going to go after Deshaun Watson with him playing the way he is with no offensive line. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think the arrow is definitely pointing up for him. Right on. And uh, so before we get into some some trade uh, strategy, if you will, where do you stand on the hot debate this time of year about whether or not Dynasty League should have trade deadlines? Yeah, I believe in 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 deadlines. I actually have them in pretty much every one of my leagues just because of I played in one league that didn't have one and it, you know, it was for, it was like a $75 buy-in and you usually did in order to contend, you had to sell the future. There was no way around it. By the time everybody was definitely out, 
they were, you know, selling all their guys. And in order to keep up with the contenders, it was like, it was crazy. And we had people um, leaving leagues because they're selling all the future picks and mm. stuff like that. So I, I do believe in a kind of an earlier deadline, probably than most people um, in dynasty leagues, just to try to avoid that at the end. Right on. Yeah. I, I you know, I'm kind of old school uh, or at least what seems like old school and that I believe in deadlines too. Um, at least pausing trades for the playoffs. Uh, right. for, uh, I just don't believe in, in trades during the playoffs, especially for teams in them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I just, I just, it, it, that can get real, you know, fishy and, 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 and uh, can be a sticky wicket as they say. And yeah. I just would like to avoid that as much as possible. And then you just resume, you know, trades once the playoffs are over. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just like 500 bucks on the line. It's just, I think that would just an invite an opportunity where people might do things that they may not do. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. just to try to win the money. So yeah, I'm with you, especially for the playoffs. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, for those folks that do have deadlines and ones that haven't passed yet, uh, we're approaching the playoffs. It's very clear by now uh, or should be whether you're, you know, pretty much a contender or maybe stuck in the middle or, you know, pretty much, uh, maybe not a full rebuild, but definitely retooling for next year. Um, so what would be some advice you have for folks as deadlines approach? So I'm, I'm a believer and you're probably not winning a championship without good running backs to play, at least at your one and your two. So I try to either get handcuffs or, or just make sure you're training for some solid running back depth. Um, I like I just lost CMC in two leagues. One league I don't have, I didn't get great depth. That's in our prestige league. And then there's another league where I have, I still have Chubb. I have, um, I got Chubb, um, Jacobs, and uh, oh my God, I'm blanking out on. I got, but I got three solid other running backs that I I have on my team. Um, you know, just planning on one of them going down basically is what I was doing before the deadline. So. If you can try to try to get a guy like like maybe like Zeke, where, where people are starting to get worried because of Pollard coming and everything, or or even a Mixon, somebody who's trying to sell Mixon off a really good year, uh, somebody gasking Cordell per- Cordero Patterson, solid guys with um with upside while you go into your playoff run. Okay, and I guess I'll, I'll look at it from a non-contender's perspective. Uh, unfortunately for me, that's. Uh, a greater number of my leagues this year, I, you know, kind of took on some uh, ugly orphans uh, in the past year and had a couple um, uh, dispersal draft teams. And so it's going to be a, a, a slow build uh, to, uh, to get to contention. So if, uh, if you're a non-contender, um, I would just try to sell other people's handcuffs to those people, mm-hmm. you know, um, Obviously, with the news with CMC out for the year, you know, you're trying to trade Hubbard to the CMC owner, but also you're trying to trade Hubbard to really any contender, uh, you know, uh, or, you know, uh, Madison, you know, with Dalvin Cook going down and that sort of thing. And just uh, people will need insurance with handcuffs, even without, uh, you know, injuries at the moment. Uh, And so I think that's one strategy. And also what I've been trying to do is uh, on non-contenders has been trying to buy A.J. Brown. 
Um, I think some people are starting to worry about him. And, you know, I can I can understand that. And certainly mm-hmm. if you're a contender, you, you, you need the 2021 points. Uh, so you you're you might might be more uh, willing to move uh, an A.J. Brown. So uh, he's a he's a trade target for me on my non-contending teams. I, I put out a lot of offers. Excuse me. And two of them were successful. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about them later as, as those players come up. But that would be two nuggets of advice uh, from a non-contender's perspective. Yeah, I'm in on both of those. A.J. Brown is definitely a guy, if you're rebuilding, you should be going after right now because it's just right for the rest of this year, it doesn't look good at all. So mm. I think somebody's going to be a lot. They're going to be very willing, you know, to um, to give that, to give up A.J. Brown at a good okay. price. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Let's go all the way back to the Thanksgiving game. Seems like a month ago the Thanksgiving games were played, but here we are. Uh, Chicago 16, Detroit 14. You know, low-scoring game. Uh, pretty efficient day for the most part, I guess, is, is a word to describe it for Andy Dalton. Um, two other guys kind of shine that we're going to talk about a little later too. Uh, question for you, if you're the Bears, do you keep playing Dalton or do you – give it back to fields. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'd keep playing Dalton. I'm just worried with fields that, uh, he's gonna, he's gonna get some bad habits being under the the rest that he's been under. And, um, I just, it doesn't look like he's quite ready to start yet. So I I think it would be actually probably good for him to sit the rest of the year. Okay. Uh, good day for Mooney. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, now. I was watching as much as I could of this game. I was also smoking a turkey during it, mm. but um, I had my phone on and watching the games as I was doing that. But his feet at the line, his release are, are like fantastic. He looks like so smooth on Thursday. He's got the good speed and stuff. So his separation ability is amazing, and, and uh, he's clearly taken over as the one. I know that um, Allen Robinson has been hurt, but he's just. From what I saw and, and from the reports I was reading and people watching some film on Alan Robertson, he has not been separating very well. So mm. I'm uh, all in on Mooney. Yeah, I'm very excited for his future. If if you were trying to acquire him, say say there was a team trying to sell kind of high on him after he's had a, a few good weeks. I mean, you know, if I'm a Mooney uh, manager, I'm holding on to him. But say somebody is shopping him, what would you be willing to pay for him right now? I in the uh, super flex, I'd give up like a one five for him. Okay, and better, um, maybe even earlier than that. In one quarterback, oof, it, it would depend on the situation, obviously. But in one quarterback, yeah, I'd give up about the same. I'd give up an early first, definitely for him. If somebody's willing to release him for that, I'm not sure that that would even get it done. Or something like OBJ in a first, I would do. If you could do that. Okay. All right. That sounds about about right from what I've been seeing people ask for. I forgot to look up on, on DLF uh, Mooney trades before we, uh, before we got into it. Uh, by the way, uh, they in no way are affiliated with this podcast, but DLF is having a sale right now. So, uh, you know, uh, they're for me an indispensable resource uh, as a dynasty manager. I would go check them out. Yes. Uh, 
And a good day for a my guy. Uh, I'm going to talk about him a little bit uh, later, uh, but uh, it's taken him a little while to get going. But Cole Komet, eight catches for 65 yards, 29.7% target share. Yeah, yeah, he's looking, he's looking good. I thought that uh, I was out on him in the beginning of the year, and it seems to be incorrect. He's looking really good the last couple of weeks. Okay. Not too much to talk about on the Lions side. The swift injury is a shoulder injury that doesn't seem as serious as we first feared, but I did read that his week 13 status is in doubt. Um, yeah. What do you, if you're a swift manager, what are, what are you trying to do right now? Well, hopefully um, you'd be able to trade for Jamal Williams. You already have him. I, I don't, the, the thing that worries me is the Lions obviously are not going anywhere anytime soon mm-hmm. and that they're going to be cautious with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would try to get Williams if, especially if you're contending, I'd try to get Williams. Okay. If not, I mean, there's, you know, just hold him. Right on. Uh, you know, I got Josh Reynolds knocking around a couple dynasty rosters. Um, one of which I ha- I was like forced to play him. Uh, 70 yards and a touchdown, almost a 21% target share, has a previous relationship with Goff. Some mm-hmm. people are calling him already the Lions wide receiver one. Uh, what do you think about him right now? Yeah, I like that call. He was he was solid in, in L.A. So, and, you know, obviously when Goff was there. So, yeah, I like it. I don't think Terrell Williams is going to be really a threat if he ever gets healthy. So, um. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, like maybe even trying to buy him now, or I would hold if you have him. Okay. I think this, that is going to go on. Yeah, maybe a guy that you try to get thrown in uh, to a trade um, yeah. as a sweetener, yeah. And you think uh, Hawkinson's a good buy right now? Yeah, I do, because he, he, uh, he hasn't been putting up the numbers that I thought he would, and I think that's because there's no outside threat. They almost have to get better on the outside, so – and during the off season, um, I don't mind golf. I I don't really want him as a quarterback in fantasy, but if I have assets attached to him, I think you could do a lot worse. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely putting an offer out there for Hawkinson. I doubt they're going to want to trade him right now, but you might, you know, again go after contenders who might be worried about him, and, and see what you can do to to get him on your team. Right on. Uh, and so in an overtime thriller, uh, Las Vegas 36, Dallas uh, 33. Uh, let's talk about the Raiders first. Uh, our boy Hunter Renfro, eight for 134, over 24% target share. Uh, I got two thirds for him a few weeks ago. And I think I, looking back now, I should have gotten more. Yeah, I think I paid. Uh... Hardman and a third form in prestige and was happy about that. Um, yeah, he's good. I mean, route, I mean, route running, the only, he's obviously he's not big or anything, but he's, he's even good in the red zone, you know, because he can get so much separation. Waller usually draws that coverages um, in there. And uh, Thursday, I mean, he was facing a lot of bracket coverages on him. And he was a little bit quiet in the beginning, but it didn't stop him when, when they had the score. So, um, I'm a little bit concerned if Waller misses a lot of time or misses like any, any week that Waller's not there, I'm going to be concerned about Renfro because they're going to 
go out, way out of their way to shut him down. But uh, arrow pointing up for him. Okay. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, three catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Ruggs is gone. Can he be relevant as the Raiders' deep guy? I think he can. I think he could. I mean, I don't think he's going to be as good as Aguilar was last year or that Ruggs was in the beginning of the year. But if you need, like, a really good boomer bust play on your, in your flex, I think you could do worse there. So um, they, they sorely needed a deep threat. So, I mean, he's going to get some targets. Okay. And Carr is actually one of the better deep ball throwers this year. So uh, yeah. could be could be somebody to, uh, you know, try to acquire. And uh, update on Waller. Last I saw, they're, you know, calling him vaguely week to week. Uh, that doesn't sound as good as day to day. Uh, so, uh, you know, expect him to probably miss uh, miss the next game. And, uh, and it's going to be Foster Moreau. Yeah, so – yeah, Foster Moreau arrow going way up. Um, yeah, that's not good <laughs> for Waller week to week. I'm hoping, like, as far as the Renfro thing goes, and PPR, he might be okay because I think he's going to get so much volume that he, he's probably not going to have great yardage totals. But he, he's probably going to have, like, you know, eight, nine catches a game um, and hopefully sneaks in the touchdown. So okay. but we'll see. I'm going to temper my expectations a little bit for him. All right, let's go to the Dallas side of the ball. Uh, they were without Cooper and Lamb. Uh, and uh, fast forward to today, uh, their coach has tested positive for COVID, and there was a, a rumor that there was more positives coming. So certainly a team that's in an interesting position. They've lost, uh, I think, three out of the last four games or two out of the last three. Uh, and uh, they have a report out that they're going to manage Zeke's workload uh, moving forward, do we believe that? I think it's definitely possible with Pollard there that they, that they could manage him for sure. Uh, I mean, it remains to be seen, you know, because it, it depends on if you're losing or what the situation is. It's, I think it's a lot harder to manage a running back like Zeke or, or even like CMC, who I've wanted them to manage a little bit more. Um I think it's easier said than done to do that when you know you got jobs on the line, all that stuff. You want your best players in there, and I do think Zeke is still the best running back all around on that team. Um, but I, I I would monitor it because I, I could definitely I could definitely see him leaning on Pollard a little bit more. He's Zeke's the money man right now as far as contract numbers mm-hmm. go, and mm-hmm. uh, Pollard is the rookie. So if they can get away with it, they, they I think they will. Yeah, you know, a lot of people uh, debating on on Twitter this week about whether Pollard is better than Zeke. Um, I don't I can't say that I I think he is because I don't think that he is a workhorse uh, guy. I don't think he has that um, that skill set, that makeup. Uh, Right. But either way, uh, with Zeke's contract and the fact that Jerry Jones loves him, uh, you know, I, he Pollard may have to go elsewhere to reach his ceiling. Yeah, I honestly at his price, I don't really mind Pollard the way he the way he is. To be honest with you, but um, the the problem with Pollard, he, he's not a very good blocker. So that, I mean, that's going to be an issue when you get mm. a quarterback back there like that. Like that. So if he if he doesn't get better at that, I think it's going to be limited regardless of, of Zeke. But at his price, I mean. I think he's a, a solid running back too right now, to be honest. So, um, 
I'll still take him with even with Zeke there. But if he goes somewhere else, then you, you got something. Um, if if he can get better at blocking and all that, you can get something like um, you know, he could be a really solid running back in that league for sure. Okay. Uh let's talk about Michael Gallup. Um, five catches, 106 yards. Uh, I'm starting to think, you know, my dream of of him, I like him a lot, but you know, my dream of him being a wide receiver one on on a team, probably, probably not panning out. I think he's more of a more of a more of a two, really. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I don't know, maybe it's on another team, maybe it's not, but, uh, I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm lowering my expectations a little bit for Gallup. Yeah. I like him. I, I'm hoping he goes to a good team to be their number two. And I, I, that would be fine. Um, he might be the Dallas's number two. They might let go. They might walk on from Amari Cooper, you know, and then he'll be on opposite side of land. And I think that's a dream scenario there. Okay. I would take that all day. Your Buffalo Bills 31 and the struggling, depleted New Orleans Saints 6. Uh, Dawson Knox, two touchdowns on an otherwise relatively quiet day. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think I have him as my tight end 10 right now in Dynasty. Do you think he's a top 10 tight end? Yeah, I think for sure he's top 10. I think he's seven on the year right now, and he's missed basically two games with his hand. I know he came back after a week, but he really didn't play all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I'd have him a little bit higher than 10. Right. All right. Uh, and, you know, we don't talk about uh, him much, but Manny Sanders uh, was somebody who earlier on in the year seemed to have a, a bigger role, was getting more targets and was a guy I was trying to move a little bit off of non-contenders. Uh, but seems like the last few weeks, not so much. Yeah, Gabriel Davis hurt his ankle in week one. I just think they were, like, really cautious with bringing him back. But I've been seeing him on the field a lot more during Bill's games. And he's playing he's playing well, too, when he's out there. So I think he's just eating into his targets some. Right on. Yeah, uh, you and I, I know, both like uh, Gabe Davis, and maybe uh, maybe we're seeing sort of a transition here, and uh, I certainly would like to see Davis get more work. Yeah, I was buying low on him this year, and, you know, Beasley's old. I, I don't think – I think last year was definitely going to be, like, his best year. So um, I think uh, Gabriel Davis is in line. I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is going to be back or anything like that, so I think he's going to be the – Surefire wide receiver two on the team, so um, I'm loving, I'm loving Gabriel Davis. Right on, awesome. And on the other side of the ball, the Saints pretty icky. Uh, you know they were without, uh, well they were already without Michael Thomas all year, but no Kamar, no Ingram, no Troutman. I think uh, they had might have had an injury or two of the offensive line. Uh, not much to say really on their side of the ball, but Ty Montgomery might be an interesting add. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he played wide receiver when he first came into the league, and now he's a little bit running back. Um, yeah, I mean, if he's on the waivers, uh, I would I would, I would, would throw a waiver wire pickup out there, especially if you're heading into the playoffs. I wouldn't expect anything, really, but just with their lack of weapons and stuff, I, I think they do get to get creative, and you can use him in a variety of ways. So if he's on the waiver wire, obviously, like, 
you know, and if it's fabs, I mean, spend some fabs. It's not like you're going to take it with you in the next year. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, and another blowout, uh, Cincinnati 41, Pittsburgh 10. Uh, the Bengals have limited uh, Najee Harris in both games. I don't know if they have some secret formula for him, uh, but, uh, you, know, you know, two of his worst games this year have been against uh, the Bengals. And um, I looked at a, a, a tweet uh, earlier today, and um, they were talking about uh, the overall run game for the Steelers, despite Najee doing ostensibly well uh, in fantasy. Uh, is is low ranked when it comes to PFF grade for run blocking yards per carry mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing um, you know bad offensive line for sure uh, anything to worry about uh, as far as Najee moving forward or you know as long as he's producing you know he's producing yeah Najee was a guy that I liked a lot because of his volume however, and I like Najee Harris, don't get me wrong. I just worried about the blocking. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. man, his rushing stats aren't usually too good. So um, I think he's going to be fine. I think the Steelers got a good organization. I don't think that they are going to um, not address it at all. Big Ben's getting thrown around. I mean, it's, it's kind of a bad situation as far as the offensive line. And I'm actually surprised that they're doing this. They're doing as well as they are with considering the blocking troubles that they're having so um, no i i mean i might consider selling harris at the end of the year just because well i guess like his age for running back and stuff like that and then not having a very good offensive line they need a lot up front so Mm. that would take a really sweet deal for me to move on from him oh for sure yeah you know i i was uh toying with uh selling him in uh in a league and i just wasn't getting the offers that i wanted so didn't really pan out now like with the, the smaller backs i mean they're used a lot and stuff but they break down so fast and he's 230 pounds so mm-hmm. that, that's a you know that's a good good thing to have as as you're running back one 230 pound back okay deontay johnson 13 plus targets in six out of his last eight games nine catches for 95 yards almost 40 percent target share uh i was talking a couple weeks ago i think about how you know, I think he's more of a floor guy and he's not going to have those explosive ceiling games. Um, mm. and, I, and I still kind of think that. But with his volume, I, you know, his floor is so high. I, I'm OK with that. Yeah, I, I love Deontay and PPR. You can't go wrong. Like his hands and stuff. Last year, it was like a, a running joke on, on Twitter about his drops. And he did have some pretty brutal games, but uh that seems to be a thing of the past. He's making some crazy catches with guys in his face. He, I don't even know how he sees the ball on some of these throws that he's not only reeling in, but reeling in and doing a, you know, getting his feet in bounds. And it's it's pretty wild what he's doing out there right now. So I I think he could, you know, I think his arrow's still going up. Um, I like him after the catch too. If he can make a guy miss, he, he can usually get some chunk yardage. So. Um, yeah, he, he's probably he's probably still a buy for me if, if you can if you get him at it right about at his value and not pay too much. Okay, uh, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Ebron is on the IR, uh, mm-hmm. so he should continue to see more 
snaps, routes, targets, etc. And all three games he's played without uh, Ebron have been top six tight end finishes. He cashes in for a touchdown uh, in week 12, although not too many targets. Um, you know, uh, you know, arrow up all season. Uh, you know, if you got him, you're holding him, uh, you know, and he's, he's part of a part of a rebuild and, and honestly part of a contender now too. Yeah, I, I cannot believe um, what he's doing as a rookie. I thought he would be I, – I figured he'd get a, a couple of touchdowns, have a couple of good weeks, but um, he's solid right now. So, I mean, you, he should be owning redraft leagues, which is crazy for a rookie to then. So, yeah, uh, I got him in one league and aesthetic about it. Right on. Let's go to the Bengals side of the ball. Uh, Burrow, only 24 attempts, only 190 yards. Uh, he said they've been trying to establish the run more. Uh, it's certainly proven true. Uh, does this hurt his value moving forward? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But with his weapons, I I wouldn't sell him low or anything like that. I, I would just hold him if, if that's – if people are going to low buy, I would just hold him. I mean, they got, to, they got away with it this game, but I don't know uh, – I don't know that they, they're going to be able to get away with running like this every game or anything. And I don't think that those receivers are going to be held in check either. I think they're going to score a couple times a game at a minimum. So um, it's a little bit, I guess, concerning, but um, especially like with the way their defense is playing. But just so many playmakers that he has around him, I, I wouldn't be too worried about it. Okay. Uh, I, that sounds good to me since I have a few shares of him for sure. Uh, yeah. Mixon, another huge day, uh, 32 touches, 165 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I tried to capitalize on his good year. Uh, I traded him, Lockett, Parham, and Khalif Raymond for uh, A.J. Brown, Hunter Long, and a 23-second. Maybe a little bit of an overpay, uh, but I think it fits my rebuild. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that at all. I like Hunter Long and uh, A.J. Brown as a stud, so I'm not a Lockett fan at all for fantasy football. So, yeah, I think that's a good trade there. Okay. Uh, and Higgins, love the player. He's really good. Uh, but as you were saying before, you know, um, hard to predict uh, who's going to produce week to week. Yeah, it is. It's um, I don't, I don't mind having Higgins and Chase, but uh, I'd much rather obviously have Chase. And if I had Higgins, I'd be I'd be somewhat concerned. Yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, a lot of folks on Twitter debating this week whether uh, Pittman or Higgins is better in Dynasty. Who do you prefer? They got this pretty much the exact same athletic profile, so I'm going to take Pittman here. And it's just based basically on the fact that he's he is their best wide receiver on the team, and um, yeah, so I, yeah, I'm gonna go Pittman. Yeah, I have Pittman currently ranked a few spots ahead of Higgins. I think I like Higgins the player a little bit more. Uh, and normally, you know, being a wide receiver two versus a wide receiver one wouldn't bother me if I thought the pie was big enough on the team where the guy's the wide receiver too. 
And I think with the, you know, um, with the increasing run game in, in Cincinnati, uh, I, and, and Chase being there too, I just, uh, I, I prefer Pittman at the moment. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, both teams like to run the ball. And I think like with Wentz, Wentz has a type, <laughs> like, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, you love to, Alshon Jeffrey played really well with, with Wentz there. And I think that Pittman's could be better than Alshon. So yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking Pittman, although I could see this going either way, to be honest, especially like if Boyd leaves in three yeah. or something like that. I could true. Yeah. see that going the other way, but like, like I said, at the, at the same, basically the same profile, I, I'll just take who's already the number one wide receiver and pretty similar situations as far as surrounding um, like philosophy and all that. Okay. Another lopsided game, Miami 33, Carolina 10. Uh, the big news is CMC. We'll get to that in a second. Let's talk about Cam Newton. Um, if you acquired him, this is the type of cam that you were risking. Uh, five for 21, 92 yards, two picks. Uh, it does add a rushing touchdown, but it seems like, uh, you know, he's got his legs, but not much else is, is cooking. Yeah, I know. I was kind of hopeful when I, in the beginning of this game, scored. I'm like, all right, Cam Newton playing well again in Carolina. And then, um, it all went south from there. So th- this isn't necessarily a system he's used to because uh, he, he did not. I don't believe he's ever started for Matt Will before. So uh, maybe, you know, give it, give it another week. But, yeah, I mean, I think he's, he's probably about done. Okay. And CMC, uh, he's on the IR again. Uh, the second trip means you got to go out for the season. Um, what does that do to his value or his price right now or where you might draft him next year? I'm if I don't already have my team, I I don't want I don't want CMC, so I'm probably not drafting him unless he like foul something crazy like the second round or something, uh, like late second or something. Mm-hmm. Like it would have to be. I just you can't rely on him right now, and I don't really know because like he you can't trade him right now. Nobody wants nothing to do with him. He can't stay healthy for more than a couple of games, so uh, I'm holding him in our prestige league and hoping that, uh, you know, he has a very successful off season and comes back and, and starts the first month with, with no injury is basically my hope. And then I'll try to sell him there. And I might try to move him before the rookie draft, see if I can't um, get somebody to bite, but mm-hmm. I doubt you're going to get what he's worth when he plays um, right now or, or anytime in the near future until he, People see it. Okay. Well, someone's currently trying to get me to bite. Uh, I don't play in many 10-team leagues. I don't play in many 1QB leagues. But in a 10-team 1QB league, I am not a contender. uh, And I was just offered CMC, and I would be giving up Ayuk, CEH, and a 22-second. I got to decline that, right? Yeah. I mean, if you asked me that last week, I would say CMC. But, yeah, if I don't. I already currently have the headache. I don't want it right now. So, yeah, I would decline. Okay. Uh, and uh, lastly, on the Carolina side, Amir Abdullah getting more looks than Chuba Hubbard. Uh, but now CMC's out. What does that mean? 
Yeah, it concerns me, especially like with his um, he was the the receiving back. Hubbard's got a terrible. They got a terrible running back schedule coming up, so um, I don't really want much to do with this backfield unless I absolutely have to to play them. Uh, I don't want to play Abdullah. Abdullah's got me a couple times when he first came into the league. Um, so yeah, give me. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Hubbard's Hubbard's good. I think you think he's gonna be fine, but I, I don't want him this year, especially not with Cam Newton and Vulture and the touchdowns and stuff like that. Okay, Miami side of the ball. Uh, I talked a little bit uh, about Tua at the opening of the show. His last two games, he's had a completion percentage over eighty. 503 yards, uh, three TDs versus one interception, uh, 70.5% completion rate for the season, which is second in the NFL among qualified quarterbacks. And I believe I saw he's ninth overall in QBR for the season. Um, You know, like I said at the top of the show, I think he doesn't get enough respect. I think he's underrated. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, he is somebody I would be comfortable with, uh, on my team, preferably as my QB two in a super flex, but, um, I wouldn't be alarmed if he was my QB one. Yeah, me neither. And I agree with you. I'd rather have him as my second, but, um, I, I think he's, he's, I think he's very, he's really good. And I think that Herbert and Tua discussion gets a little bit closer. I don't think her. Tua has the physical capabilities of Herbert or anything like that. I don't think he's got his upside, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not panicking if I have Tua, that's for sure. I just hope that they learn their lesson. He's been hurt twice this year. Get him on offensive line, please. Mm-hmm. At least mm-hmm. something mimicking him because, I mean, he's just got no time back there right now. Okay. Uh, my man Waddle, uh, nine for 137 and a touchdown. 32.2% target share. I mean, I love him. I've talked about loving him all season. He is up to my wide receiver 12 uh, in Dynasty for me right now. I'm kind of worried, though, that they might get a true number two uh, and that that might uh, eat into his targets. It could, but I think, like, right now at Waddle, they're targeting him, like, is it eight out, like, lower because of one of the offensive line problems. Um, so he's getting a lot of targets, but usually he wasn't getting crazy yardages. So uh, I think a number two wide receiver, and again, you have to get an offensive line up. Bad offensive line is just bad news usually for fantasy. Um, and then, like, I mean, he can kill you from anywhere on the field. So I, I would almost kind of hope that they get somebody in there and then get some more time for two of them, let some more downfield routes develop. But I, yeah, I had Devonta Smith over Waddle and I was staying with that. But right now, with the way the two quarterbacks are playing for their respective teams, I could definitely see the case for Waddle over Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a Smith a, like a couple spots behind Waddle right now. Uh, and yet another lopsided game. Uh, New England 36, Tennessee 13. Not too much to talk about on the Tennessee side, although they do have two running backs uh, surpass 100 yards. I was surprised that happened against New England's run defense. Um, We said we don't want any part of this backfield. Uh, Does that remain true? Yeah, (laughs) I I still don't want much to do with it. 
if I had to pick, I'd go with Hillard. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out on most of that offense for the rest of this year, I think. Okay. Let's go to the uh, New England side of the ball. Uh, it looks like it's going to be continue uh, uh, continue to be a split between Stevenson and Harris. Yeah, I wanted to see one more week to see if maybe Harris retook that a little bit more, and he did not. So, yeah, it's looking um, looking right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Bourne has been out-targeted 90-53 to 53 this year, uh, but has more PPR points than Jacoby Myers. Yeah, I, I sold Myers for fab, and it was a keeper league. It was in Dynasty League, and then I picked up Bourne for free, and it's basically the – Jacoby Myers that gets touchdowns. So yeah. Uh yeah, good value. I don't know about any more at Dynasty if he would be the greatest of values, but uh yeah, he's solid. Definitely a solid flex. Okay. Well, we mentioned uh Devonta Smith's quarterback a couple minutes ago. Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, was certainly starting to convince me that um you know, he could be uh, uh, the quarterback of the future uh, for Philadelphia. You saw people comparing his first 15 starts or so to Lamar Jackson's first 15 starts. I know he's still young. I know he has to develop still. Uh, I know the Giants defense played well, but you got the bad hurts uh, mm-hmm. this week. Um, 14 at 31, 129. And only and uh and three picks, yeah, yeah, it was ugly. And there, I mean, there was he could have won that game a couple times. Rager was atrocious, I think. We'll talking True, about he did drop more. a couple big, big passes, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, he looked to me the last few weeks like he was getting better in the pocket and passing, but the, but this week he went way backwards again. And, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the Philly's gonna do with him. You know, it's hard to predict. Um, I. That's why I in like redraft. I'm. I love Hurts, but in uh, dynasty, I'd be. If he was like your wide or your quarterback too, I'd be worried about it for sure. Okay. Uh, and uh, let's see the Giants side of the ball. Um, let's talk about Saquon. Um, I know he might not be 100%, uh, but they didn't really look to him too much, including in big situations. Um, are we worried again about Saquon? I am. He got dragged down from behind last week a couple times I saw it. Um, he, he doesn't look quite himself. I don't know if he's still just hurting or if he's lost a little something from his injuries already. So... I mean, you might want to throw out some feelers out there just to see if you can't get him at a really nice discount because I would still be in on him for that. But um, if I if if I was a rebuilding team, I mean, I definitely would be waiting for maybe hopefully a, a multi touchdown game to sell. And uh, yeah, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit worried that he lost something in, in his knee injuries. So. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Atlanta 24, Jacksonville 14 in a clash of the Titans. Uh, Corderell Patterson, another big game. Um, you know, uh, I, to me, seems like a one-year spike. You can't really trust it. Um, what uh, is his value going into next year? Yeah, I mean, I don't – I'm definitely uh, definitely 
top sell on my, on my list, you know. Um, I think it's hilarious that at 30 years old, he's breaking out. But um, I don't want to – and, like, any team I'm contending, I'm taking them in the playoffs for sure. But uh, I'm trying to sell them, and I'll, I'll probably take like, a couple of seconds for him, to be honest. If I ask for a first – Get to start negotiations, but if you can, if you can get a couple seconds. I would, I would look to do it. I don't, I don't think he's going to be relevant for, you know, years to come by any means. So. Sounds about right. Uh, let's see. Uh, the uh, Jaguars, uh, J. Rob, um, still producing as a solid RB two on uh, on a bad team. I've seen a few folks uh, call him a sell in Dynasty, especially with Etienne looming next year. Uh, hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm going to go against that green and say he's a hold. And uh, I don't like Etienne's injury at all. So I'm going to bet. I like that. I have him in the prestige leagues, and I'm, I'm betting on him being the more relevant back, at least for next year, and then that will inflate his value. So maybe if he comes out and he's still got a chokehold on the number one running back on his team, you might be able – you're probably going to be able to get a lot more for him in that scenario than you are right now. So he's a hold for me. Okay. And uh, you think that two uh, under-the-radar waiver ads, if anybody's under the radar at this point in the season, uh, Treadwell and O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, depending on our Arnold's um, knee issue, I'm, I'm looking at O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy actually was pretty good at the beginning of the year, too, and got hurt and was an IR. So, And then the other one is with Treadwell. He had a great training camp, and uh, he's like 3% rostered right now in Dynasty, according to Sleeper. So definitely there's not much on Dynasty waivers, obviously, at this point in the year. Mm-hmm. I think he's worth a roster spot on your team to egg you out. So, so go and get him. You know, spend some of the fab again, like I was talking about, and, and stash it. Okay. Uh, I did see that Arnold's uh, injury is being called an MCL sprain, so I would assume I uh, miss uh, at least a couple weeks. Yeah, I think that that's exact injury that Montgomery had. So was that like three or four weeks? So, yeah, Shaughnessy might be nice for the uh, playoffs if you need him. Okay, and another 21-14 uh, game uh, between two putrid teams. Uh, the Jets uh, defeat Houston. Uh, you know, not a terrible uh, first game back for Zach Wilson, um, but certainly not as impressive as I would want to see against Houston. What do you think? Yeah, it was a really bad start by him, but seeing the rebound and calm down. Um, I think he's going to kind of have like an arc, almost like an Allen, where if he's going to hit, you should see more flashes of it next year in the second half of the year. And then that third year should be about his jump right there. Um, I just feel like the physically dominant right quarterbacks that come in just take like an, an extra year maybe to, to really hit, start moving towards their potential. Because they, I mean, they got to learn like what they can get away with, what they can't and, and all that more so than maybe like a Mac Jones who's never – blown anybody out of the water with his attributes where mm. he started to start using his head far earlier than these two guys. So true. Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah he's a, a by low, honestly, for me. Okay. Uh, 
a fella by the name of, I believe, Austin is his first name, Walter. Uh, nine carries, 38 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I know we're getting desperate here. Uh, are we adding him on waivers? Yeah, I always like to go after running backs on waivers. And, you know, Coleman is not very good, in my opinion, Carter and I are. So if, if you got some room, I don't see why, why you wouldn't throw out a little offer. I was a little surprised uh, Ty Johnson didn't get uh, more work, uh, especially against a, a bad team like that. Yeah, I think he – I mean, he's he's a pretty good receiving back, and they were in the league and won the game. So um, True, yeah. I'd look for him to bounce back receiving next week. All right. Uh, on the Houston side of the ball, not too much uh, to say. I foolishly expected uh, Tyrod Taylor and uh, David Johnson to do pretty well against a bad Jets defense, especially against the run, both underwhelmed. Um, but I want to talk about Brevin Jordan. He's a guy who, uh, I liked, um, coming out. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, the knock on him was his blocking, but that his athletic skills were, were worthy of, you know, being, uh, if it was just athletics, a tight end two over Fryermuth. um, went, I think in the seventh round, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. and I got him knocking around on some taxi squads, finds the end zone again. He's been taking reps from, uh, Jordan Aikens. Um, you know, I, I like his outlook moving forward. Yeah. He was a guy I, I liked in college. He bombed his, uh, it was like combine and, uh, that, that's why he fell in. So I don't think he would have made it past like the third or fourth round if he wouldn't have. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I looked him up on DLF.com, Dynasty League Football, and uh, there was the, one of the last trades that went through was Alex Collins for Brevin Durant. So I would take that, you know, if I was an Alex Collins owner and didn't need him for the playoffs, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so in a, a game that uh, was supposed to be high scoring and was, uh, the Bucks outlast the Colts, 38-31. Big day for uh, Lenny Fournette. Um, yeah. If your deadline hasn't passed yet, uh, it'd be a good week to try to sell him to a contender. Yeah, he's an absolute stud for the Tampa Bay Bucks. It has to be one of the best, if not the best running back that Tom's ever had. And they're targeting him a ton. He's not doing a crazy amount with the receiving work, but He's running powerful. He's running through tackles, scoring touchdowns. So, um, yeah. And, in fact, I talked about in the beginning of the show, I was talking about who else I had on my team that I um, had traded for as a CMC owner, and I couldn't think of the other running back I had, and that's him. I have Fournette. So, um, yeah, I like Fournette a lot the rest of the year. And then after this year, I would probably try to move on from him. Okay. Uh, let's see. You know, I think the Bucks can win in so many ways, and they have so many weapons. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of hard to trust folks uh, when it comes to consistency. Uh, Godwin, who I love, four catches for twenty four yards and only a fifteen percent target share. Evans, three catches for sixteen, only a fifteen percent target share. Uh, I don't know. Does this have too many ways to win? How can you trust anybody? Yeah, I know. I, I mean, we've heard this a million times. I, I think Tom Brady's kind of been 
a little bit declining. If, and he's been targeting on tight ends quite a bit. The running backs a ton. And he just doesn't seem like he's pushing the ball quite as much as he was down the field. But everybody outside of Gronk, I think, is a buy for me as receiving options on the Bucks. Okay. So if you can get Evans or Godwin, um, I'm looking to do that. Yeah. No. Uh, I, I especially love love Godwin. So on the Colts side of the ball, a uh, bit of a down day, supposedly. <laughs> 83 yards and a touchdown uh, for, uh, for JT. Uh, it seemed like they weren't going to him a lot early uh, and fed him. Maybe it was too late before they decided to really use him heavily. Yeah, it's strange not to – I mean, I would – he'd be my first priority, even against a good run defense, at least to wear him down. So, odd, odd choice by the, the Colts. I'm glad that they lost, though, for the Bills' sake. I'm glad Tampa beat him. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, we don't talk about him much, but Jack Doyle, six catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, I thought Mo Ali Cox was going to be uh, the guy that would uh, get some tight end touchdowns. Uh, he and Kylan Granson, who I do like, had two targets to Doyle seven. Um, yeah. Do we make anything out of this? No, I don't want anything to do with the Colts tight ends only because they're they're used in a similar fashion like New England used to use with running backs. You didn't know who they were going to use and why. So, yeah, I'm not – I like Granson as a player too. I just – I don't – they just use too many of them. Okay. And our boy Pittman uh, did get 10 targets, uh, only four catches for only 53 yards, but – um, yeah. you know, still, still a day where Wentz, uh, looked to him a lot. Yeah, I know. And they, like, they, they keep showing the, the Winfield interception on him, but I mean, he's running full speed, had a couple steps on him and the ball was awfully, thrown. it was thrown so bad. Uh, I don't, I just don't think he had time to adjust to it, but, um, yeah, I, I love Pittman moving forward. I just hope he gets a little bit better quarterback play. Okay. Uh, Denver 28, the Chargers 13. Uh, I think I think Denver has now beaten the Chargers uh, like uh, something like 15 out of the last 19 games or something like that. Wow. Uh, not a great day uh, for Herbert. Um, you know, uh, he seems to be up and down. And mm-hmm. uh, you think uh, the O-line uh, needs some uh, some fixing. Yeah, he seemed to be under a lot of pressure, too, so. Yeah, a lot, there's a lot of better lines, honestly, in the NFL right now. Um, but yeah, I think they, I think they need to get a couple more pieces up front for him for sure. Mm-hmm. I know Eckler uh, missed a, a, a catch um, that he should have made, but uh, you know, six catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. His receiving production will always bail out the days where his rushing totals are low. Yeah, uh, and he's still a uh, still a good PPR back, and uh, I I still like him a lot. Yeah, me too. He doesn't have crazy amount of miles on him either. In the beginning of his you know career, he he didn't get a ton of looks, so um, I I still really like Eckler. Okay, let's talk about the Broncos side of the ball. Uh, not you know still a pretty even split. Uh, between uh, Gordon and Javante, although Javante does get the rushing touchdown this week. 
not too much going on in the receivers, uh, the pass catchers for uh, the Broncos. Uh, Cortland Sutton, I recently traded him, David Johnson, Ferkser, and a 22 third for A.J. Brown. Uh, I, you know, a, uh, a new QB could unlock Sutton more, uh, mm-hmm. but I think I made the right call for my team. Yeah, I don't think Sutton's anywhere near A.J. Brown, so I love it, and I want nothing <laughs> I want nothing to do with um, Broncos wide receiver threats, tight end threats. Even though I like the players, it's really – I mean, their target leader had four targets tied. Uh, yeah. So there's two guys tied for four targets, and the rest of them had less. <laughs> so, yeah. so no, no, thank you. Uh, starting to worry a little bit about Fant. You're going to talk about him later. Um, you know, maybe cross your fingers that they get a better quarterback, but um, you know, not a guy who's uh, who's looking too good lately. Yeah, no, not at all. Okay. Uh, San Francisco 34, Minnesota 26, and another close game uh, for the Vikings. Uh, Dalvin Cook, a shoulder injury, uh, seems to have torn another labrum mm. while also dislocating his shoulder. Um, probably going to miss uh, a couple weeks, it seems. Uh, you know, if you have Madison, uh, you know, maybe try to trade him if, if you don't need him. Um, but, uh, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, that's, that's about it on the running back situation. Yeah, um, full systems ahead for Madison. I, I, I like him, too, a lot. Okay. Two touchdowns for Thielen. Uh, I'm joking that uh, I put him on my chills list early in the season, and <laughs> that's been his good luck charm because he's been, he's been good since. Um, he's a sell, but I've uh, been having a hard time moving him. Yeah, it's like – yeah, I can see that because it's like – I don't have him in, in Dynasty. I have him uh, – in a keeper league, but um, yeah, he's he's never been really respected for where he was when he was younger. So, I mean, the the truth of the matter is, it's gonna he's probably gonna come to a screeching halt at some point, unless he can be moved on the inside, and they play a lot of three receiver sets, which they don't usually do. Um, right now, with uh, with their coaching staff, but um, you know, he's not great athletically or anything so i feel like he's gonna fall off a cliff soon so i mean you might just be one of those guys you're just gonna have to you know ride out until the end which is fine too okay another good day for uh, elijah mitchell including uh, uh some more targets uh, he's seen more more receiving targets recently um i was talking with uh some folks on twitter about this um and and in the sleeper league chat uh do we trust San Francisco to keep him as the lead back next year? Um, Mostert's probably gone. You probably bring back Wilson. Sermon, not really a factor. Uh, will they draft somebody else? Will, will Mitchell remain the running back one next year? Can you factor that into your plans with him or not? Yeah, I, I, they might take somebody. I just I think if they do, it'd be to replace Sermon. Um, I, I think Mitchell's better than Wilson is. I like I like to see the receiving work too as well. And um, I, I like Mitchell coming into the draft process. I 
really wanted Buffalo to draft him. <laughs> they did not. So uh, I think he's the their their uh, running back one. He's on a great team for running backs. I do think there's always going to be somebody else in the backfield getting touches, but they seem to love him. And, um, you know, I, I, I definitely trust them to keep ahead of, of the other two backs that are on the roster now. So, I mean, they're playing Debo back there instead of the other two. So I think um, mm-hmm. it's Mitchell's backfield, for the, you know, for now. Well, let's talk about Debo. Um, he is yet to receive multi-position eligibility on the platforms uh, that I use. But the last two weeks or so, certainly getting a lot more looks as a, as a running back than he is as a wide receiver. Um, you know, still, he touches the ball. He's dynamic with it. I don't think it really matters how they're using him. No, I don't. I don't know. Um, so I'm like a big believer on whatever the team lists him as is what their eligibility should be. So, I, you know, unless San Fran changes his, his um, position, like if they if they list him as a wide receiver running back, then I would, would think that they would have to. But until then, I think he should remain whatever he's listed. But I think he's one of the best weapons, if not the best overall weapon, in the NFL right now. They just defenses have no idea what's about to happen when he's on the field. He's in motion. He's in the backfield. He's spread out wide, and he's uh, destroying defenses. Mm. Um, he did get in. Injured, but he, mm-hmm. he looked okay on the sidelines. They, yeah, they he was moving him. around and laughing and stuff. He didn't seem too bothered by it. Yeah, so I'm hoping this is minor, maybe day-to-day type of thing. But okay. it's something definitely to keep an eye on. Groins aren't, you know, obviously they're not a good injury for uh, lateral agility and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. he looked uh, okay. Let's talk about Kittle. Uh, Minnesota usually does pretty well against uh, the tight end in fantasy. Uh, certainly a, a down day for him. One catch for 13 yards. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying to wait for a blow-up game, and then um, I'm trying to move him. I love Kittle. I think he's probably my favorite tight end in the league. Watching him play, I just do not trust them to ever truly, you know, dedicate game plans around him involved in the passing game. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm trying to get, move on from him if I can Okay. Uh, let's see. Green Bay 36, Rams 28. Sounds closer than it really was. Uh, I did get to uh, catch a good chunk of this game watching Red Zone. Uh, and, you know, Stafford threw a pick six. Uh, supposedly has been dealing with multiple ailments, uh, but mm. the Rams have not been good lately. They have fewer wins against opponents with winning records than the jets do uh but you know still a useful day out of cup jefferson and obj uh you and i both love jefferson i think he's explosive i think he's got very good upside but i think while obj is there he's probably always going to trail him in targets yeah unfortunately that's probably true if, if nothing else just to keep OBJ happy. I think Van Jefferson might be better than OBJ right now, but um, we'll see. The, the thing with Stafford, I, I sold him in Prestige League, and I was worried because he's got he's had a lot of injuries, so especially lately in his career, the last few years. So um, 
I don't know, if he like if he wins the Super Bowl, I don't put it past him to retire. I don't think he will, but it's I think it's definitely a real real possibility. Hmm. That would be bad news for the Rams uh, since they have no draft picks. <laughs> yeah, for real. I like I don't I don't think he would. I just his back and stuff it's been pretty bad. Um, he seems to be late in the late in the year, pretty much always battling multiple injuries. So. Um, just something to keep an eye on. I doubt he would do it this year, but I wouldn't put it – I definitely wouldn't put it past the next year, especially if they do well again or, or win a championship. Okay, on the Green Bay side of the ball, uh, you know, Rodgers does okay on nine toes. Let's talk about A.J. Dillon. Um, you know, Jones uh, was a game-time decision. He did play um, – did see a few carries, uh, not as many as Dylan. You know, a lot of people talking about Dylan in recent weeks. I, I love him as a player. Uh, I just think, uh, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but as long as Jones is there, I mean, they re-signed him for four years ostensibly. That's going to, you know, be an obstacle to Dylan, you know, fulfilling his potential, no? Yeah, it, he's, a, like, he's a buy for me. I just feel like... Uh... I mean, he brings an element that Jones can't bring with his physicality. He's going to, they're going to lean on him to wear down defenses. So I think there's going to be a role for him. And I, you know, obviously if they need to save contract money or something, Jones would be on the chopping block there. So I mm-hmm. do think he's the future. I always think that Green Bay is going to have a couple of different guys that can run. They already have Kylan Hill in the wings. So um, yeah, I think Dylan's a buy right now i'm actually surprised at how well he's been doing like he's been getting targets in the receiving game as well mm-hmm. um, yeah i think there's a definitely opportunity for both him and jones to coexist together in that backfield okay and finally a very ugly game uh baltimore 16 cleveland 10 uh let's see i believe i saw today that um in the super bowl era it was the first time a team threw, I think, four picks more than their opponents or, or four picks. Yeah, four picks more than their opponent had fewer than 325 yards total offense and I think and, and still won the game, I think, uh, the first time in the Super Bowl era. Uh, so uh, ugly game uh, for, for both teams, uh, particularly – uh, in Cleveland, I really don't have too much to say uh, about this. You know, uh, Baker is uh, has banged up, but you know he's a mediocre quarterback. We never really thought he was more than mediocre. Uh, I'm still okay with him as my quarterback too in a super flex. Uh, yeah. What else? I don't know. I don't want anything to do with Browns players unless it's Hunt or Chubb. Then maybe Landry's a buy only because of his. Baker's banged up right now for the rest. Like Landry would be okay back for the rest of the year because Baker's banged up and he's a low eight out type of weapon. But um, other than that, that was a gross game. I watched the condensed version. I didn't watch it last night. I watched the condensed version this morning. I was laughing <laughs> mm. and yeah. very thankful that I uh, that I didn't spend time on that last night. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get that taste out of our mouth. And move on to our usual segment, FIBA and chills. Players that are giving us the fever and players that are giving us 
the chills. You and I both have a fever from a Thanksgiving game. Why don't you go first? Yeah, my fever is something I already talked about, but I'm just going to put it back out there. Darnell Mooney for the Bears. You know, just as in fields, I I have faith that fields is going to progress and that this Bear offense is going to get better. I think they're going to fire Nagy. So um, I think there's also a good chance that Allen Robinson's going into this year. He's been franchised. So I think his value is going to keep going up. So I would uh, put some offers out there if you don't already have them on your football team. And, you know, just see what the what the asking price is. And if it's reasonable, I say get it. And I think his next year's value is going to go up even more. Okay. My fever play is uh, Cole Komet. I talked about him a, a little bit before. Uh, he's had pretty good production since the October 17th game against Green Bay. Both quarterbacks have used him. He needs to find the end zone more. But certainly uh, the arrow is up. He came out of the shoot with five catches and 42 yards in week one. So I thought I was a smarty. And then his receptions were one, 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 two. And then four for 49 in the Green Bay game. And then five for 43, eh, three for 24, six for 87. A down week against Baltimore, surprisingly. uh, One catch for 12 yards, but then back up to eight. For 65 last week, again, yet to find the end zone. Uh, I think that'll come, uh, mm-hmm. but he's a guy who I'm glad to see is uh, perhaps fulfilling my expectations. Yeah, like Komet, uh, you know, like with Jimmy Graham there right now, I think that was Komet's touchdown. So I think Jimmy yeah. mm-hmm. Graham can't possibly play much longer. So, um, yeah, it's a good time to buy Komet now, I think, because uh, – like I said, if he, if Graham goes and they don't have like some other prolific older weapon at tight end coming, he's going to get those red zone looks more than he's not. So I mm-hmm. like it. Right on. So let's go to our chills. Why don't you go first with chills? Yep. Going back to the Denver passing attack. I know we talked about him a couple of times the last couple of weeks, but I am out on Fant. And he was like, a, he was a my guy. I, I loved his athletic profile. Seemed like he was going to be like a Darren Waller type or even like a Kelsey type, like a wide receiver tight end hybrid. But there is just way too much competition for targets. And our quarterback play has been terrible. And Denver's quarterback play has been terrible for since Peyton Manning's last couple of years. So mm. not really expecting them to get much better there. Unless, I mean, if they get like an Aaron Rodgers or something like that after this season, I would be willing to. Um, you know, look at it again, but so even, even if they get a great quarterback and how many, that's a team that's probably going to want to run the ball. They got a good defense. So even if they get a really good older quarterback coming, I think they're still going to try to run. And uh, there's just, I mean, Judy, Sutton, Fan, Alberto, they got Javante Williams, who's pretty good receiver. Melvin Gordon right now, even though he'll probably be gone, but I mean, there's just so much. Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick. Yeah. Um, Hamlet's hurt right now. So I want to try to get rid of Denver receiving threats um, slowly, but surely. <laughs> okay. And my chills for this week is uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, started slow uh, coming back from the devastating knee injury. Had a few weeks where we were like, eh, maybe he's getting back to, uh, to being Saquon, you know, progressing. Hurt mm-hmm. his ankle, 
I know he's probably not a hundred percent. So I feel kind of bad, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, trashing him, but I think it's starting to look like that 2018 or even 2019 Saquon is not coming back. Uh, and I think you could probably get him at value uh, in next year's draft, but he's somebody uh, um, I got the chills for right now. Yeah, me too. And I, I, know I mentioned a couple of concerns earlier about him. Um, you still might get a guy that would think that he's a top five running back just based on basically his rookie year, which I know seems far-fetched, but people were still really high on him this offseason. I sold him in all the leagues I had him in, but mm-hmm. because of that. So I could see like, you know, some positive thinking going on in the off season and, and you might be able to, uh, to still cash in on them. And I would absolutely jump all over that. Okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, so that about does it for us this week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FFJunkie underscore. Scott, where can they find you on the Twitters? Yeah, on the Twitter, I am at FF underscore Fire911. And I'd also just like to add in starting probably next week, I will be doing my uh, my rookie scorecards for, um, for the 22 class. I'll be starting that and releasing that through for fantasy's sake qc.com so look out for that as well awesome looking forward to that you know it's it's just about that time where where i start thinking about the rookies and i rely on people who i think are better at evaluations than than i am uh to uh to help me out with that so definitely looking forward to that um you can follow the show uh at dynasty fever pod on twitter uh that's a wrap thanks for listening thank you everybody Mm -hmm.